This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the No Lane Ever podcast, I'm Jamie Smith and joining me this week are Adam, Kevin, Natalie and James for a season preview podcast ahead of the opening game against Swansea City at the Turf on Saturday. First of all, we'll kick off with news of a signing, believe it or not. Didn't have a podcast last week because we figured there was no point trying to do a podcast about nothing again, but we've got something to talk about Natalie, we made a signing, John Flanagan from Liverpool, genuinely exciting signing. I know. I, what, what? I don't really know how to react to this news. This is it's incredibly very odd, isn't exciting. It? <laughs> like, I know. Now, just, now what just, do we do? We we a player. Up. What do we do? <laughs> I know. We suddenly we all a little bit of a friend to say we've got to record a podcast. We've yeah. done a friend. We, sorry, we've done a friend. We've signed a player. So Adam yeah, it was there. It's good. And paste like ten minutes of the last podcast about no signing. <laughs> That's true. Now we've got to actually generate some fresh content. It is. I think we were scraping the barrel a bit for the last few weeks, trying to think about what we were going to say about the club. But yeah, new signing. Uh, might only be a loan, but that's fine. It's a season-long loan. Um, wasn't a, a position that we were desperate for, but it's fantastic cover. And from everything I've heard, this guy's a, a really, really great player. So exciting times. Yeah, I think actually, arguably the most impressive of the, the three so far. I think he's, he's probably a clear upgrade um, on whichever fullback position he plays. Um Kevin, John Flanagan, is, as Natalie points out, it's only a loan, possibly as part of the, the fixture swap deal with Liverpool as well. Do you think he's going to play right back or left back or will it just be one of those issues that gets decided during the season depending on fitness and form and other issues? Uh, I'd say probably the latter. I think that being able to play on either side has been uh, a big factor for Dyche, uh, bringing him in and gives him that flexibility. Um I'd, I'd guess there's probably more chance of him playing left, uh, purely because I think we've got stronger competition on the right than on the left. Uh, that's that's uh, assuming that me is going to be playing central. Um, so I think there's probably more possibility for playing on the left. But I think yeah, that that being able to play on both sides and offer cover for uh, on, on both on both sides of the, of the defense is a is a real big selling point and. Uh, yeah, I think it's a really strong signing as well. He's, he's a player who's uh, did very well when Liverpool um, came close to winning the league. Um, has had a bit of time out injured since then, so if we can get him back to 
um, to top form. It could be really, uh, it could be really good for us. And he's probably going to be coming in really hungry as well because he'll he's he he played well. Um, but now Liverpool's got a different manager from when he had that really good form. Um, so he's going to want to come in and say, "Look, I'm I'm a top class Premier League defender." Yeah, the, the versatility I think is absolutely crucial. It's really important to have players who can play various positions. Um, Adam, one slight issue is that he doesn't look like he's going to be fully fit. This totally, he's going to miss the opening game. Um, we'll come on to a detailed selection debate about that. But is is that going to be one of the problems with any signings we make now? Basically, that it's going to take them a while to get up to speed. We know how exacting Sean Dyche is about players' fitness levels. Yeah, I think uh, you guys have noted it on on previous podcasts, not last week, but the the two weeks before that, you've both said uh, you've all said that. The problem with not being active in the transfer market, as we we haven't really been, is that it takes while, a while for players to get up to speed. Um, and because of that, now we're we're always going to lose out on some some level of benefit uh, in the early games uh, for these players that have only recently signed or um, or will sign in the uh, the coming days, really. Um, but I, I do think it is good to see um, us. Firstly, actually making a signing that kind of reassured me that we we still had that ability, like the football, the the FA hadn't taken away our our ability to sign players or something. Uh, as I was beginning to think that, um, but uh, it's uh, secondly, it's it's good uh, to see a signing from another Premier League club. Um, we've seen two signings from Charlton so far, um, so ha- having a loan from Liverpool with a, an experienced defender is is such great news. I think you get two Premier League loans, don't you? So it'll be interesting to see if we pursue somebody to fill that extra space. Um, James, as we've pointed out, Flanagan's had quite bad injuries recently, but he did play a key role in Liverpool having a really good push for the Premier League title a couple of years back. Yeah, Flanagan had a great season when we uh, Liverpool were challenging for the title a few years ago. Um, I think he got in the team just before Christmas, and from that point to the end of the season, he sort of made the spot his own. Um, so if he could take that experience, obviously when he's fully fit for us, then um, he could be a really good signing and, and might be key to to staying up. And I think if you look at the the options we've now got in defence, as long as Michael Keane stays, I think most people will be quite happy with what we've got there. But as you say, he's, he's had quite a lot of injuries, and um, hopefully he's put that behind him now. And uh, you know, if he gets dash fit, then you'd like to think maybe he won't get injured again. Okay, cool. So the latest on Flanagan is that he's not expected to play against Swansea because of the fact he's missed so much pre-season. He didn't go on Liverpool's American tour because he was deciding whether or not to sign for us, apparently, so he's not going to be available. And even if he was, he can't play against Liverpool because of the terms of his own deal. So it probably wouldn't make much sense to play him against Swansea and then have to change it. That means that there is a selection issue at left-back for the Swansea game. There are a few issues. Um, a few options here we put a poll on Twitter that we'll go through the results um, shortly but Kevin starting with you what 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 do you think Dash will do and what will be your preferred option for left back um, I think Dash will probably go with my preferred option um, I think we'll probably move me back to the left and put uh, Tarkovsky in the middle um, I think that's probably our, our most established and experienced uh, back line. That's uh, assuming that Ward, uh, that Ward isn't fit. If Ward's fit, then I think we'll, it's a no-brainer that we'll go back to our standard defence from the end of last season. But if Ward doesn't play, uh, I think me will be returning that wide again. Yeah, I think um, for this bit of the podcast, we are assuming that Ward isn't available 
just purely because he's missed the last couple of friendlies, so he's not likely to be up to full speed. Um, I, I'm with you, Kevin. I think that's the best option, the least disruption. I think Ben Mee's probably a better left-back than Daniel Lafferty, who's essentially the other option, unless Flanagan is deemed fit enough to play it. And I also suspect Tarkovsky, for me, if Keane stays, um, is something that might happen at some point in the season anyway, so maybe it makes more sense to do that at the start of the season. Um, Natalie, what's your view on this? Flanagan Ward, obviously fitness issues. Lafferty's not been first choice really since he signed for the club or Ben Mee moving across. What would you do? Um, yeah, I tend to agree. I think, um, like you say, Ward would be my first choice. I think he played a really key part in last season. Um, and he just the team just looked different when he was in it. So I'm actually really hoping that he, he comes back um, and gets fit. My choice would be to put Tarhovsky in the middle with Ben Mee and leave it as it is and just make us... I think the key for me is to make as few changes as possible. Part of the um, success we had last season, and especially with the number of clean sheets we kept, was having a very solid back uh, well, back four and, and obviously with Tom Heaton as well, the back five, just to keep some real um, consistency in that defence and everybody knew where they were playing, what their role was, and it was really, really effective. I don't want to mess with that too much. So if we can make as few changes as possible, then that would be my preferred option. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Um, we had one tweet, let me just find it. Someone suggested start Flanagan um, and if he tires, maybe switch it at half time. I think it's not ideal to make changes to the defence during a game so I think there's, there's some merits to playing Flanagan from the start because he's probably going to be the first choice at left back I think um, but changing it at half time wouldn't be my preferred option um, James what are your thoughts on this and hopefully you'll have a different opinion to the one Natalie and Kevin have just put forward Yeah, personally I'd um, I'd go with if, you know, assuming John Flanagan and Stephen Ward both aren't fit I'd actually go with Daniel Lafferty at left back just because I think that um, you know, keeping the the common free in Loughton, Keane, and uh, me will will be good going forward. Um, you know, they've already got that rapport with uh, with Tom Heaton, and I think it's easier just to just to change one spot in the team than to change two. Um, obviously, I know people will say, "Well, Daniel Lafter hasn't really played a lot, and he's you know, he's not been particularly good," but he has played quite a bit of international football and. Uh, you know, I think only the only reason he really missed out on the Euros is because he he'd started playing so infrequently for us, um, well, or on loan as it as it had been previously when he'd been getting the uh, Northern Ireland side. But um, you know, I, I think he's he's still a, a decent footballer. Obviously, he's not first choice, and I'd expect once Ward and um, finally going to both fully fit that he'd, he'd be looking for a loan move again. But uh, for me, uh, for the first game of the season, just to try and keep as few changes as possible. Um, I'd start with Daniel Lafferty, but obviously that's assuming Flanagan and Ward aren't available. But ideally, yeah, I think you'd want Flanagan to play. And what about you, Adam? Round off this this section of the podcast for us. What do you think Dash will do? And then we'll go through the poll results. Um, I actually think that he will keep it as he um, the the starting eleven was uh, against Real uh, Sociedad. Um, because uh, I think if you've got a preseason, that's, that's with Lafferty at left back, right? Yeah, that's with left uh, lefty uh, left back and me and Keane in the middle. One. Left to see it, left back. <laughs> Good one. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I think if you've had a preseason game together, you, you're a lot more capable of playing together. Whereas the the problem with the one uh, the the lineup that you guys have uh, suggested is that uh, 
they've never really played together um, properly, at least. Um, so, um, at least, um, even if Lafferty isn't as good as uh, me at left back, um, then um, at least they've had some game time together, which I think is really important for a defence in terms of communication, etc. Yeah, I think it's interesting that Dash did that, which was maybe a, just having a look at Lafferty to see if he's ready. But yeah, I think it, it would be unusual for the Tarkovsky option to be enforced because Tarkovsky's just not played that much uh, in pre-season so it would be odd maybe for him to be in the starting lineup. Um, the poll that I mentioned then about 500 people had their say when we put this on Twitter on um, Monday and it's really split actually I thought it was going to be more clear cut than this um, the options I, I put on this poll were a half fit Flanagan or a half fit Ward, Lafferty or Ben Mee and narrowly Ben Mee was the preferred option. 30% said Ben Mee, 29% said a half-fit Flanagan, 24% said Lafferty, and only 17% said a half-fit Ward. Um, so yeah, that's certainly one to keep an eye on for the weekend, and it'll be interesting to see what Sean Dyche does in that area, because that's probably the, the only real selection quandary for this game. We'll come on to previewing Swansea in a bit more detail towards the end of the podcast. But the meat of the podcast this week is going to be previewing the season as a whole and doing some predictions as well so that everyone can look back at the end of the season and see how wrong we are. So first of all, we'll talk about Burnley specifically before moving on to the Premier League as a whole. Natalie, obviously, there's a few days to go before the season starts and there could be more signings to come before the end of the transfer window. But what are your thoughts at the moment? How are we going to do? Um... I don't think it's going to be as doom and gloom as our transfer activity is going to suggest. I mean, I think that's always the difficulty in a in a pre-season prediction. I think at the end of last season, we were all incredibly buoyant about our chances and thinking that this was the season we were going to stay up. And, you know, there was such a good spirit around the team and we had Joey in the centre as a real leader. And, you know, we all felt that this was the, the year we were going to um, to do it. And it doesn't really take very much in a frustrating transfer window or a summer pre-season to deflate everybody's ambition slightly. And there's a there's a bit of a feel of doom and gloom around the place that people are expecting us to, to do really badly and go down. Um, I'm not expecting us to finish much above 17th or 18th. And I think if we do manage to survive, um, then I think it will be by the skin of our teeth. But quite frankly, I'll take that. Um, I still, I'm still, i still hopeful of us, this being the season that we survive, and I'm going to go for 18th with about one or two points clear of relegation. I think we'll stay up. Now, you know three teams go down, right? 18th means we get relegated. Oh, yeah. Sorry, 17th. <laughs> Oh my god! I can't even count I today. Thought you were, I Listeners, thought you were being so, so positive, sorry. and you went, "Yeah, I'm really <laughs> optimistic. We're going to stay. Up. We're going to stay up this year. We're going to finish 18." Like, brilliant. Listeners, I am sorry. I meant 17th or 16th, and my brain is not working. I, st- I maintain my positivity, but I think we will scrape up and finish out of 17th or 16th. All right, okay, 18th. back up. <laughs> brilliant. James, let's go to you. What's what's your view and a prediction from you as well, please? Obviously, as it stands with uh, the few signs we've made, I think you know it looks like a tall task at the moment. I think the last two times it's been a tall task as well, but we've not been far off making it the last two times around. And um, I think you know we've, we've still a few weeks to go uh, to get some bodies in in the midfield, which I think is obviously clearly the the area that needs strengthening. Um, and with Dash having plenty of time to work with the players, obviously I've got the players who 
you know, particularly Andre Gray, he didn't have a dash pre-season last year, so um, we've seen he's banged him in in the friendlies so far, and hopefully he can, um, you know, continue that form into the Premier League. Uh, I think momentum obviously is key, so if he can start scoring early, then you know we've got a real chance of getting some wins under our belt, and I think that. I think that we've got a good chance that if, if we play the way we can under Dash, um, you know, and, and buy into his philosophy, then we could narrowly uh, stay up in 17th. And, and that's going to be my prediction for us this season because I'm going to be optimistic about it. Adam, we threw this out to Twitter. You've got some of the responses that we've got there as well before we hear from you. Have you got those ready? Okay, so. Uh... Adam Major says, uh, with our current squad, I can see it uh, being really tight, either 18th or 17th. Um, I assume he means 18th would have seen us relegated, unlike Natalie. <laughs> who, uh... <laughs> who doesn't know how many teams there are in the league. Apparently. Yeah. Um, he continues with a new centre midfielder. Um, he thinks we can finish around 15th, which I think uh, that would be echoed by myself. Um Nicholas Ward says 19th, one place above Hull. We'll be hard to beat, but our central midfield will be destroyed in the Premier League. Need quality soon. Stuart Rose says he's always optimistic at the start of every season regardless. So for me, it's uh, 50 points and safe uh, in April-ish. Wow, that is, that's optimism right there. Um, Rob Thomas says uh, defence uh, is solid. Midfield is in serious need of an upgrade. Uh, cover for grey needed up front. Um, 16th to 17th if midfield is strengthened uh, Rich says 17th last day survival I think but it's going to be really tight uh, Peter Taylor says I assume not uh, the manager Peter <laughs> Peter Taylor uh, says uh, he's got a good feeling we'll st- stay up 17th maybe uh, Ryan Holt says 19th above Hull um, still a su- ch- uh, time to strengthen though could make all the difference uh, Austin says uh as things stand, I think we'll be relegated. Dyche is a top manager, but not a miracle worker. He needs help from the board. Um, Rojo Claret simply says, this, this is the last one, says, we'll not go down, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Um, and personally, I think we will stay up by one point uh, on the final day of the season, um, finishing 17th. By me. Uh, yeah, I agree with a lot of what's been said there. I think, obviously, it's difficult to get predictions when you don't know what the transfer business the transfer business is going to look like by the end of the window, but um, having to, to guess at this stage, I, I just don't think we've got enough unless serious investment's made and Hull are the only team I can see as finishing above at this stage either. Um, Kevin, round off this bit for us. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you there, Jamie. It's, um, I, was, I, was quite, look, I was quite optimistic for this season a couple of months ago, I think. We've had a couple of seasons in the Premier League before. It's almost been, obviously, it's been very disappointing to go down, but it's almost been like you know we've enjoyed it. It's enjoy our time in the in the, at the top. But this season, we really needed to really need to stay here. Um, and like you, I, I really can't see where the quality uh, the qualities in the teams do that, and the and the depth of quality as well, which is a, a big issue as well. Um, I. I think I think if we can finish 17th, that is that is fantastic. That has 17th has to be VM. I'm not sure we can finish above that. Um, and I'd love to. I, I really think we need to be aiming for that. And I really think we need to be getting that. But right now, I can't, I'm not sure where where the quality is to do that. Yeah, I think. Goes without saying, doesn't it? Everyone would take 17th right now. 
and that's probably a sign of, of the, the business we've done in the transfer market. As an aside, by the way, this week, Thursday actually, is going to be Brian Stock Day. If you're not aware of Brian Stock Day, you've been missing out for starters. Um, but on August 11th, I think it was, August 11th, 2012, um, was the last time Burnley Football Club paid actual money for a central midfielder, and that was Brian Stock, who obviously long-term listeners to the podcast will be aware that James Bird is a massive fan of. James, as much as we all love Brian Stock on the podcast, a bit ludicrous that it's been four years since we signed a central midfielder. Do you think that's going to be key in our efforts this season? Where do you think we're going to finish? Yeah, no, Brian Stock, what a player. I mean, maybe we should sign him back, to be honest. Yeah, he, he, he could be the key to survival. Um, I think it is quite hard to believe that it's been you know so long since we played, paid money for a central midfielder. Obviously, it is a little bit, um, you know, maybe a little bit hinging on the fact that we got really fortunate last season. Someone the calibre Joey Barton was available, um, you know, on a free. But yeah, it, it is shocking that it's been so long since we've spent money on a central midfielder, and I think um, you know we really need to this season. Um, though I'm not quite as downbeat as most people are on Dean Marnie and, and David Jones. Um, you know, I think if you look back to last time in the Premier League. Until um, Dean Marnie, you know, unfortunately got injured, then I, I think we were, in, you know, in the running to stay up. Um, but obviously, since then, Dean's had, you know, quite a few more injuries as well, and it, it is kind of like his age catching up. Um, you know, with the two we've got in midfield at the moment, can they both stay fully fit for a season? Um, and you won't really want to, to take a chance on that because um, obviously we, we paid for it last time. So um, I think really, yeah, you want at least one more central midfielder, probably two. Um, you know, one who can push for a start, and then maybe one who's going to strengthen the bench. And uh, I think if if we had that, I'd, I'd be definitely confident to say that we, you know, we could finish 17th or maybe even 16th. Right now, it's that time of the week for tweet of the week. So over to Natalie. Tweet of the week. 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 We do, and we have a very, very good tweet of the week this week, which made me laugh a lot. So now we're big time, obviously. I don't know how many of our listeners actually realise that the lower league started this Saturday. You know, we yeah, get to wait a little English bit. English Football we, League I mean, is there, ludicrously. Yeah. We're not in something called the English Football League. Me too. Anyway, we're on. in the Premier League now. But anyway, yeah, so our, and our friends down the road started their campaign for their, you know, push for the Premier League last season. They ran into a bit of sticking trouble against Norwich City and got a 4-1 thumping at home, which we all laughed loudly at. So this week's Tweet of the Week comes from Simon Dixon, who's, I think it's Dickos Clarets. Hmm. And his tweet Probably just says... Dickos Clarets, not... Dickos. <laughs> I'm going to go that. Like, Natalie said dick of... on the podcast. <laughs> Whoa. I'm going to go for some entertainment on the podcast and say I'm going to call it Dickos Clouds um, so you can all have a laugh. But his tweet this week says, Owen Coyle relegating Lancashire one club at a time since 2010. And that just that made me laugh a lot. So well done, Sam. I can't quite believe that Owen Coyle manages Rovers. I haven't got my head right in that one yet. It's so, so weird. It's I'm trying to ignore it, to be honest. At what stage do we get the, uh, do we dust off the Owen Coyle's God banners? <laughs> Apparently they were booing at half time and they were three nil down at home. Apparently the apparently uh, lots left actually. I'm, I'm hearing the reports that a lot walked out before half time. Well it was their lowest it was their lowest uh, attendance for an opening game in like something like ten years or something. So 
if Excellent. people left at half time and it, was, it got even lower. We may be inept at the transfer market, but at least we're not rumours. This is very true. <laughs> even if we get relegated this year, Rovers Rovers being awful is bound to provide some crumb of comfort for the next twelve months. Right, moving on then to predictions. We'll start off with the Premier League winners. Last season, Leicester City won the Premier League despite being 5,000 to 1 at the start of the season. Um, by the way, you can get 1,500 to 1 on Burnley at the moment. If you want to put a couple of quid on that, please gamble responsibly. Uh, Natalie, it looks wide open this season, doesn't it? Both Manchester clubs have got new managers, Chelsea as well. Liverpool Spurs might be stronger. How do you see it going? I think it's going to be another really exciting season at the top of the Premier League. I think the days of a very small number of teams uh, monopolising the league have gone. Uh, obviously, we saw it last season with a complete outsider taking the title. But, you know, I think we talked about this before. It's been quite unfortunate on some of the teams like Spurs um, who and Southampton as well, and even Stoke, who had really good seasons last season but got completely overshadowed by um, Leicester's fantastic achievement. Um, I think the top six next season is going to be incredibly tough um, and I can genuinely see the likes of Arsenal dropping out of the top four, um, I really do. Um, I think it's going to be um, a complete race between City and United, I think Manchester will dominate the Premier League and I think I'm, um, uh, I think City are going to edge it for me, I'm going to go as City for champions. City are just about narrow favourites at the moment. Um I, I think Chelsea, I think it's not being in the Champions League will be a real benefit for them being able to completely focus on the league. I think Conte is an absolutely fantastic manager. He's tactically by far and away um, up there with Guardiola as the best tacticians in the league. I think so. Chelsea are my pick. Um, Adam? Uh, Mourinho will uh, lead Manchester United to the title. Um, as Natalie says, I think the the top four will be incredible in the top six even because um, you've, you've got so many teams up there with quality and, and real high stakes for the managers in charge. Um, and, and whether they can pull it off is, is going to be quite entertaining to watch. Even if we're struggling down the other end, at least we'll have some entertainment at the top end. Three different predictions so far then, Kevin. Are you going to give us another different one or one of the same? Um, yes, obviously Leicester just blew everything up in last season so um i don't know i'm, I'm i think i'm my theory is probably going to be west brom uh, i think we could uh <laughs> surprise it <laughs> but no bold. Um, very bold <laughs> uh no i think you you hit me on the head really jimmy when you said that you you know you've got city united chelsea all new managers liverpool uh obviously klopp came in last season but it's his, his first f- season after, after having the uh after having the the summer to to reshape things a little bit, and he's got um, no no European competition at all to focus on, so they can completely focus on on the on the league as well. Um, yeah, so Liverpool probably offer a little bit more competition at the top just to make things a little bit more interesting. Uh, but I agree with you, Jamie. I think um, all the all the attention is going to be on City and United because they've got the high profile bosses, but. I think I think Chelsea could thrive under that the, the lack of pressure almost that is going to come their way because of that focus on the Manchester teams, um, and I wouldn't be at all surprised to see um, Chelsea Chelsea take the top honour. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be wide open. Um, James, you get the last shout on this one and give us your top four at the same time as well. We'll speed it up a bit. Um, 
for reasons I'm, I'm still not entirely sure why I've decided this is my, my pick but I, I think Chelsea are going to win the title um, obviously they've still got a really good side and um, you know I think last season was an anomaly and I think if you look at the you know the teams at the top then they're probably one who've got you know the best mix of players being settled and um, an actual quality of players so I think Chelsea could win the title um, I think Man United are going to have a really good season under Mourinho so I've, I've got them to finish second um, then I've got uh, Man City in third because I, I just think they're, they're lacking consistency um, and for a similar reason I've got Arsenal in, in fourth because they stopped playing in March so um, everyone catches up to them So that's James's top four Adam you next top four predictions Champions League so many teams up there someone's going to have to miss out yeah, I think Arsenal are going to miss out, and I think Spurs will miss out. They'll have a bit of a second syndrome, uh, season syndrome over under Pochettino. Um, so I think one Man United, as I said, two. I think Liverpool will come into um, their own under Klopp because um, they were quite impressive um, against Barcelona. I saw at the weekend, um, but Barcelona were also rubbish. So you never really know with preseason. Third, Man- Manchester City. I think it will take a while for Guardiola to get his ideology in, uh, through to his uh, new players. Um, for Chelsea, um, just because I think, as as Jamie said, is tactically uh, Conte is very uh, tactically aware, um, and I think they'll they'll uh, do do just enough to um, return to Champions League football. Yeah, I think this this is maybe the toughest to predict. Probably seven or eight teams that would really expect to be right up there. I think West Ham have got a really good chance. I think they sign a really top-class striker. They've got a fantastic chance. Man, when Chelsea to win the league, Man City second, Man United third, Arsenal fourth because they always seem to finish fourth. So no Liverpool or Spurs in the top four for me. Natalie, over to you. Um, I have the same four as Adam. I have City first, United second. I'm going to put Chelsea third and I'm going to go Liverpool fourth. I agree with your comments earlier, Jamie, about the lack of um, Champions League football assisting Chelsea. Obviously, that's going to assist um, Liverpool as well. And I think a full season under Klopp, I think they're going to really flourish. So they're my four. Danny Ings fit again, of course. It'll be interesting to see what sort of impact he has. Can't believe people are predicting Arsenal to miss out in Champions League, Kevin. Arsenal never miss out in the Champions League. What's your top four? Yeah, so I think I think Chelsea uh, could come top. Um, I think City, United, and possibly Tottenham in the top four. I I I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Arsenal uh, miss out on the on the top top six completely. Uh, I think Liverpool could potentially challenge Tottenham for that fourth. Uh, that fourth place, um, it's but they're very very much a wild card. I think Liverpool could come out anywhere from second right down to tenth. Um, they're in such a, a flux really at the moment, um, and and yeah, but like I think like you said, it's it's probably one of the most exciting Premier League seasons in the top half, um, certainly at this stage anyway. Um, but I can remember in a long time, which probably means that it's going to be completely boring and. and um, it'll be all decided after a few games. Yeah, it could be an anti-climax, couldn't it? Because I really do think seven or eight teams are going to be really finding out. But we'll have to wait and see. To the bottom of the league then, where we all expect Burnley are going to be around about. But who knows? No one expects a Blessed to win the league last year. Um, Hull City runaway favourites for relegation after Steve Bruce walked out 
at the start of the season. Various other clubs in there in the betting as well. Middlesbrough obviously promote clubs always up there. Watford, West Brom, Sunderland, Swansea seem to be the bookmakers' favourites. Um, James, we'll start with you on this one then. Three to go down. Um, going down this season, I have um, I have whole bottom obviously for pretty clear reasons why why they could be in that position. Um, uh, second bottom, I think Sunderland. I think it's going to catch up with them eventually. I think we saw it with Aston Villa. They had a few seasons where they they were close to going down and sort of scraped out of it, and then eventually, you know, you can't avoid the uh, you can't avoid the drop when you're simply not good enough. Um, and I, I think you know, likewise to, to Newcastle, both times they've been down, it, it's kind of happened the same way. Um, and then I think third bottom will be Middlesbrough. I've not really been too impressed with the, the business they've done. Um, I think they've signed a lot of uh, foreigners, which I think is a very Middlesbrough uh, Premier League tactic. Um, uh, and you know, while there may be a bit of pedigree there, and uh, you know, obviously some big fees, I'm not really quite sure that it's going to going to stand up as value for money. Kevin, you go next. Three to go down from you, please. Um, I think the three favourites for me are probably the, the promoted clubs, Hull, Burnley, and Borough. Uh, Borough, they've spent a little bit more than than us two, so they could do a little bit better. But you never know with um, with Karanku in charge what will happen. Um, if other teams, I I mean Sunderland are always that team that you never know what's going to happen with them. Um, and Watford again with a new manager, they they could be. A, at risk as well so I think the three promoter clubs are strong favourites for me to go down at the moment but hopefully that doesn't quite happen from our perspective Yeah it's, it always seems automatic doesn't it that the three promoter clubs are the favourites but I think it's quite rare that that actually happens that the, the three all go back down uh, Middlesbrough as Kev says have spent a lot of money this summer so I think their fans are expecting maybe even mid-table um, Natalie you go next and let's have your bottom three with Burnley on 17th 18th on the cusp <laughs> yeah, Burnley in the new survival place of 17th which has just been created for this season I've just created it um, yeah I'm not putting Burnley in the bottom three because I predict them to stay up so my bottom three are Hull Watford and West Brom West, so Kev says West Brom are going to win the league and Natalie says they're going to go down exciting season for West Brom who's going to win that fight <laughs> yeah, unfortunately as it stands as I mentioned earlier I don't see Burnley surviving unless there are significant arrivals so Burnley are in my three along with Hull and I think Swansea I think Swansea have lost some big players this summer there's talk that IU and Williams are going to go as well and their manager Gwydalyn did well last season but I don't second season syndrome with managers seems to be a bit of a thing so interesting to see how they do certainly think Swansea on the opening day at home is a game that we should be looking to win and that'll be a real indication of where both clubs are at I think um, Adam you get the last word on this one then your bottom three um, I seem to have uh, an amalgamation of everyone's choices um, I, w- I think Hull are absolutely going to go down with the pre-season they've had and the, the kind of <laughs> instability of their managerial position. I think I saw today Mike Phelan. Um, obviously, the Burnley connection there is um, is might get the job on a full time basis. He's got no first um, hand experience. I don't think um, as the the main man. He's, he's obviously got uh, that Man United um, experience and and uh, Hull assistant. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Hull are going to go down. Swan Swansea. I think I agree with Jamie. I think that they might struggle. Um, especially because it seems to have gradually got worse for Swansea over uh, the last few seasons, um, and and I feel feel like that might 
capitulate um, this season. And West Brom, uh, Natalie's choice. Um, I think that um, Tony Pulis's uh, reign of keeping teams in the Premier League might end maybe with him leaving halfway through the season or something controversial like that. Um, who knows? Um, I'm just using my imagination because I don't really have much uh, actual <laughs> knowledge of these things to predict predict any other way. Just put them out there. That's what the pundits do. Paul Merson predicting us to finish bottom has got everyone in a bit of a tiz on Twitter. Well, that's not using your imagination, though, is it, really? <laughs> no. I feel like that's quite a safe choice. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, lastly on this, then, um, Golden Boot. Harry Kane won it last year uh, for Spurs, although they missed out on the title. Sergio Aguero always seems to start as favourite, and if he stays fit, we'll probably get it. Um, my money's gone on Romelu Lukaku. That counts for anything, 12 to 1. I think that's a good bet, especially if he moves to Chelsea before the end of the transfer window. So I've gone with Kaku. Um, Kevin, you next, top goal scorer? Uh, Lukas Djokovic. I, I don't think he'll get one. <laughs> that's my bet of the season. <laughs> Lukas Djokovic oh, will not score a goal. Safe bet there, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Stick that in a double, Kevin. See what odds you get. Djokovic, top goal scorer, West Brom to win the league. That will be big odds. Gamble responsibly. Yeah, please, please don't bet on any of these things. Don't come running towards if you end up in the poorhouse. Um, Natalie, your choice for Golden Boot? Um, I'm really, really, really torn between Kane and Ibrahimovic. Um, and I think, especially after watching the Charity Shield on Sunday, I think I'm leaning towards Ibrahimovic. I think he's the kind of striker that ooh, there's not that many of them. Um, in the Premier League, he's just slightly different. You know, he's very strong, he's very tall, and I think he will surprise a lot of defences. So I'm going to go with him. I'm interested to see how he does. Actually, I watched quite a bit of PSG at work last year, and he just physically dominated a lot of defenders in League Earn. I don't know if he'll be able to do that in the Premier League, but certainly he's got all the talent in the world. Well, I think the way I'm coming from with that, I think that against some of the top sides, you know, he might not be as effective, but against some of the, the bottom half of the table with some defences are not going to have a clue how to deal with him. He could end up getting yeah. hat-tricks galore. Yeah, well, remember before Ronaldo went to Real Madrid, he scored a hell of a lot of goals, didn't he? But they tended to be against teams in the bottom half, and Ibrahimovic might well end up doing that. It'll be interesting to see how they're using him. He's 34, he might not play every week. They might only use him in the bigger games. I don't know what Mourinho's plans are for him. Um... Kevin, are you going to give us a sensible answer on this? Are you sticking with your coach? Um, I think, like you say, Aguero is always uh, going to be going to be the favourite if he can if he can stay fit. Um, other than that, I, I wouldn't be. I, I'm going to put Harry Kane back up there if, if Spurs can have another good season. Ken, solid chat, Adam. Gray. Just gonna, someone had to say it, really, didn't they? So uh, oh, I'm going to go so with it. I did have to say it. I'm... I'm looking at the odds now. I think it's around sixty-six to one. I thought he'd be a bit bigger, to be honest. Yeah, he's on similar odds to like Jay Rodriguez and and the likes of that. You know, he's not that far. It's not. I don't that. think he's he's actually a ridiculous shout. If we concede loads of goals next season and we're like reliant on Andre Gray to score all of our goals, it's not actually a ridiculous shout that he could do it. I'm I'm actually that I'm, I don't actually believe he will get the, the goal boot. But I've put about a five for each way on him because I think he'll do pretty well. I think but... is, is... It's the same odds as Andy Carroll. Yeah, it's really and interesting to look at the players oh, around. Like, I'm looking at them now. Theo Walcott, similar odds. Jay Rodriguez, as Natalie said, Andy Carroll, and the great. Where's Charlie or, Austin? Um, Charlie Austin is 
further down, I think. I can't actually see. Hang no, on a second. I think, I, think there's more, I think there's more chance of Gray being top scorer than someone like Theo Walcott. I mean, we know what Theo Walcott does. We know what, who he is and what he's... I think he's much more established, whereas Gray is that... Like like Adam says, he could be that almost wild card. But he comes on and sets a Premier League alike. He's new yeah. to the league. So but it was, I don't think it's going to happen. But I think there's certainly more chance of it happening than the likes of, um, of Walcott and, and yeah. people who are a bit more established in the I league. I think with Gray, what's interesting as well is that we have those home games at the start of the season. It's five in seven, isn't it? And we've got Swansea and Hull, so real opportunities to get goals. And he's obviously been on fire in pre-season with nine in six, so he could start really well. Um, James, let's have a golden, golden boot selection from you, please. I think the golden boot's really interesting this year. We see Ibrahimovic has come in, and um, I, I think depending on how he's used, he's obviously got a, a chance. Um, Andre Gray, you know, potentially if, if Burnley sort of shock everyone and, and start really quick out the gates, then you know he could be in shout. Um, you know, he, he's clearly got goal scoring ability, and it could be the case that Burnley rely on him heavily for goals, and he could score almost every one of our goals. In which case, you know, I, I think it'd be possible to even be golden boot and go down. Um, which I wouldn't want that to happen, but I'm not sure if it's happened before either. But um, you know, such is our reliance, I think, on his goals this season that that could be the case. But I think um, it, you know, if Sergio Aguero stays fit, um, it's hard to really look past him. I think he's you know maybe the best goal scorer the Premier League's ever seen. Um, but unfortunately, he's just got an injury record that doesn't really match to to help his tally. Um, so yeah, he, he's not quite maybe got the tally that he deserves. And just finally, before we wrap up this predictions part of the podcast, while we were talking about Gray, how many goals do you think Gray will score in the league? Danny Ings got nine, did he, in the Premier League last time? Do you think more or less than, than Danny Ings managed, Natalie? Um, more. I think he's going to score 12. There you go. How's that for... Uh, this is a new positive, new Premier League season, a positive promise. I'm going to go 12. <laughs> Kevin's been Either that or I'm going. Kev- Kevin's been in touch with the traders at Bet365 for a, a price on Lucas Jukovic to win the Golden Boot, so that's something to look out for on Twitter. Um, Adam, how, how many goals will Gray score then? Around 12, up to 15 maybe? I think around yeah, 11, 12, maybe 13. If we, It all depends on how the team does because you, what you forget with strikers is it's not their raw ability. If, if it's raw ability, then... It would be totally different every season, but we've got to get the distribution right, which is something we struggled with last uh, Premier League season. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, I think, yeah, 11, 12, 13 is probably the right ballpark. Yeah, no, I think it's fair to say. I mean, it, it obviously depends on his service. Like if you put him in the Arsenal team, you'd probably get 20, 25, but there might be games this season where he doesn't even have a single chance. It was certainly the case for for Danny Ings two years ago. Kevin, how do you think Andre Gray is going to do this season? Uh, I hate it sound like a broken record, but I'm going to have to agree with Adam that I think it really depends on what how we strengthen the team in midfield. Um, I think I think he'll probably do it around the same as what as what Danny Ings did, uh, probably around the 10 mark. I think he, he could get into double figures, um, and I think that would be very positive for us uh, if he can do. Yeah, I mean, I was doing a preview thing for someone today, and basically comparing him to Jamie Vardy and the fact that he's come from non-league relatively late in his career and he's got that searing pace but it, it does depend on the service Vardy was so dangerous last year because Leicester consistently hit very accurate long passes from the back of their midfield and even defence over the top and Vardy just ran onto them if we can hit Gray with similar balls then 
I think he'll he'll cause a lot of problems, but I don't know if we've got anyone who plays those sort of passes in the team at the moment. Um, moving on to previewing the Swansea game, specifically Swansea up first at the turf at the weekend. Been a strange summer for Swansea, although they've they've kept their manager, whereas a lot of teams have changed them. They've also seen some players go out, um, unconfirmed transfers at the time of recording, but it sounds like Ashley Williams, their captain, could be on the way out. Also, Andre Ayew, who scored a lot of goals for them last season, seems to be on the brink of a move to West Ham. So um, some of their more important players might well be out of the door, although they have signed Fernando Lorente, who could play up front against us at the weekend. Um Natalie, opening day of the season, you never know quite what to expect, but what do you think we're going to see on Saturday? Um, I'm expecting quite a positive display from us on Saturday. I think early season, you know, teams haven't really bedded in yet. They've not really had a chance to to settle into what style they're going to play and what first choice team they're going to play um, and momentum as well plays a huge factor we're at home we've just finished a season as champions of the championship so morale is high we've kept the majority of the club uh, sorry the majority of the players together Swansea on the flip side didn't really end last season in particularly strong run of form so they're you know they're not as positive as we are sure they've got um, you know brand new season clean slate and all of that to, to, to think about but they're away from home at the champions of the championship um, and I think I think it'll be a good result for us I, th- I can see us playing really well and I can see us winning the game I really think we have to win I mean I don't want to over egg it and say that it's like crucial to what happens over the season but if we are going to stay up this is the sort of game that we really have to win um, one selection question we already looked at left back earlier in the podcast but a slight question mark over one of the midfield roles potentially I think we all assume that Jones and Marnie will be the central midfield pair in the absence of literally anyone else to play central midfield but what about Goodmanson is he going to come into the team straight away or will he be on the bench is he going to be our field and Boyd what are your thoughts for the wide positions, Kevin, what do you think Dash is going to do? I didn't hear that question because Aaron uh, went on some website that started Fuck playing sake, music. Aaron! So. Sorry. <laughs> Who's going to play on the wing? Goodmanson, Arfield, Boyd. Sorry, say that again. I wasn't listening. Fucking <laughs> okay, hell, man. Oh, my God. Cannot, cannot get the staff, Seriously, like... The put him on telly scene is the boss of the but... podcast. He's not even listening. Look what happens when Bird is not on. I'm really starting to worry that he is the glue that keeps us together. This is terrible. Kevin, are you listening to the question? I think so. <laughs> Third time walking. Who's going to play out wide? Arfield, Boyd, Goodmanson. Um, I think I think Dyche will probably play it safe and go um, Boyd and Arfield. Um, I think Goodmanson uh, probably introduced uh, probably a little up from a bench to begin with. Might break into the team later on, but. Uh, Dyche is very, obviously he's a very big fan of both Arfield and Boyd uh, and I'd be probably a little bit surprised um, if he did drop either of them at the start of the campaign Yeah, it was interesting that Goodmanson started the Sociedad friendly I thought I've heard mixed reports of how he did though so I don't know if he did enough to earn a place in the side um, Adam, what, what do you think Dyche will do? Do you think it'll be Arfield and Boyd like last season or will we see an Iceland derby because of course Swansea City's best player is Icelandic Gilfie Sigurdsson of course I forgot about that um, I think uh, Goodmanson would will start um, we signed him um, and he's he's obviously 
I think he's on form, which is important for a um, a winger. If you look at his his Icelandic uh, national uh, team appearances at the, the Euros, he's obviously got that momentum a little bit. Um, whereas George Boyd has been stuttering and starting um, like for since forever. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think he he might um, have a chance of starting um, if. If Daesh follows my logic, but he does really like uh, Boyd and Arthur. So, uh, who actually knows? No one apart from Sean Daesh. That was so insightful, Adam. Thank you for that. <laughs> Someone who might know <laughs> is James Bird. James Bird, what what are your thoughts on team selection in Swansea? What's going to happen at the weekend? I think the Swansea game is going to be be really difficult. Uh, it's, it's interesting because obviously Swansea's team has changed quite a bit recently, and. Um, you know they were a really good side last time we came up, and they they caused us some problems. But you know there's been changes there now, and I don't think they change. I don't think they changes for the better. So it, it could be a difficult season for them. Um, you know I know a few people have, have got them going down, who I know in their predictions. And um, I think it's key. Obviously we have a really good start. I think winger wise, it, it's going to be difficult. You know how, how we fit it in. Um, I think Goodmanson's really impressed in pre-season. Obviously, really impressed people last season. And that's the reason we're in for him. Um, and as far as you know, one of the guys who was playing last season missing out. I think it's hard to see Scott Arfield missing out because um, he, he seems to have been quite immune previously to, to bad form from Sean Dash. And um, I think as a result, that there's, there's other things there that that Dash really likes, and I think that's going to get him in the side. And I think George Boyd's really going to pay for his early season form last year. And I think he'll actually start on the bench and, and Goodmanson will get the chance, um, you know, with Arfield on the other side, which will be, you know, you know, interesting to see how he copes in the Premier League and obviously just bedding into a new team. But he has had a full, well, more or less a full pre-season. So um, it'll be interesting to see how he does. As always, then, we'll round off with some predictions. Natalie, you already said you think Burnley are going to win this one. Give us a score to get up and running. Are we going to see? This is what everybody wants to know. What everyone wants to know, Natalie, is are we going to see the return of Bromer's reverse psychology? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know what to do. I, oh, My heart is telling me that I should stick with it and carry on because... It was just so effective last year, you know. I, it got us over the line. Um, you know, that was me blatantly taking full credit for our promotion last season. I've just realised what I've just said. Um, but it's a new season and it's a new challenge. So do you know what? I'm going to try and I'm going to try and be positive. Let's bin it for the first game and see how it goes. But if it all goes horribly wrong against Swansea, I'm bringing oh it back. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, my God. So I'm going to predict on Saturday, uh, in keeping with my how I felt the game was going to go, I'm going to predict a comfortable win for Burnley, a 2-0 opening victory. Ooh. Oh, you've done it now. Kevin, prediction from you, please? I think it's quite a nice uh, start to the season. It's not the most exciting game to start with, but I think it's a very winnable game, um, particularly at Turf Moor. I'm going to go um, a 2-1 two, two victory to Burnley. 2-0-2-1. Adam, what about you? I think our defence will ship goals, and but we might win. Um, so, 3-2 two, two to Burnley. 2-3-2 two, two to Burnley, brilliant. 23-2. <laughs> um, I, I, <laughs> I think the op- opposite, actually, depending on what we do in defence, I think. Um, solid defence was 
obviously crucial to us last season. So I think maybe a 1-0 and just nick one. James, you get the last prediction then. Give us a, a nice big scoreline for Burnley. Andre Gray hat-trick, maybe? For my Swansea prediction, I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to go positive. I'm going to go for a Burnley win. Um, we're just going to edge it, and I think it's going to be um, 2-1 with uh, two Andre Gray goals. Just short of the um, traditional Andre Gray hat-trick, but you know, you've got to give him a week to get up to speed. And I think after that, it'll be Andre Gray hat-tricks all the way on his way to the Golden Boot. Right, that's it for this week's podcast then. Hopefully some new signings before the opening day of the season, but it looks like it might well be the same team as last year. Thanks to Natalie, Kevin, Adam and James for joining me. I've been Jamie Smith and we'll be back next week to talk about hopefully a successful start to the season, Burnley without a win on the opening day in the Premier League for the last two times, so hopefully it'll be third time lucky. That's it for this week's podcast. I've been Jamie Smith. Goodbye. I'm not sure they're going to win the league, but they can. They, they might be able to have a little bit of that. <laughs> not again. Yes. <laughs> Last week's was better. Well, that's oh even. my still not god! Bad. <laughs> this is going to have to be a feature. <laughs> Kevin, my god! And gone. this week on Kevin called speak. <laughs> 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 I I don't even understand. How does your mouth make that noise? (laughs) What the hell? How has this happened again? (laughs) So professional. Come on, Kevin, pull it together. Come on. The outtakes are really good. (laughs) Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.